We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up and welcome in everybody to a Super Bowl Sunday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host Jake Burns with co-host Andrew Spade. We welcome you in as maybe your morning is getting kicked off in some variety, preparing to get all the things you need to get done before the Super Bowl this evening. I welcome you and Andrew to talk about what sort of food is on the menu over in the Spade household for this game. Yeah, that's a great question, Jake. I was just actually texting about that and I feel like maybe I just want to do a bunch of dips. Just get dippy with it. Just really, yeah, like a, a table full of bowls with with soft, you know, maybe a, a hummus, baba ganoush, yeah, some sort of a French onion dip, cheese dip. We do a queso. I'm already running out of ideas, but uh, buff, <laughs> buffalo chicken, that's a good one. I like that one a lot. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what were your dips you had to have in this sort of setup? Yeah, I really like that spinach artichoke dip. That's fun. That's always that a good, good. one. Yeah, Something. my wife makes this like Mexican chicken dip, which uh-huh. is really tasty. It's now we're talking. A little yeah. variation of the chicken dips that you can make. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, down here, uh, pimento cheese is very popular. Mm. It's a it's a fairly straightforward dip, but it, I think it does qualify nonetheless. Um, Delicious. No wings. Well, I was going to say. So this is the other thing: is there is a I found out about this very recently. There is a very very good wing place in Asheville. They're hard to find anymore, man. They are. And this is like a legit place. What's the name? Uh, it's called the Haywood Lounge. Haywood Lounge. If you're in the Asheville area, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. It's and... funny. We were at parent-teacher conferences two days ago, and one of our son's teachers was like, I think I'm going to take a trip here soon on, on spring break to this place called Asheville. And I was like, oh, you know, funny <laughs> thing is, I know a guy. I've also been myself. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's it's very it's you know it's increasingly every year more and more popular with folks for uh, especially that type of vacation because especially this time of year it's like going forward in time you're you're heading into spring every time you come down here so yeah uh, but yeah, yeah I, I think maybe maybe dip heavy but but also then maybe I just want a big plate of wings I don't know it's I'm I'm undecided as of yet this is a thing where I got to trust my gut on the day of literally I will just I'll wake up tomorrow and we'll see what's what's the mood is. Yeah, you can't overdo it. I think having too many things is um, a problem that I've had in the past at these mm. ones. It's like, man, I wanted these different things. I couldn't get to them. 
and then the person who brought it took it with them that kind of thing don't don't yeah. like that all too much definitely doing wings been holding out on that for a little while um at various times i've thought oh i'd like to do the wings eh, i'm gonna hold off for the super you're gonna make them or are you gonna buy them i well i mean a mixture of both oh. right so they're not like pre-seasoned or anything so i'm mm-hmm. gonna put together some seasoning for them a little dry rub uh sort of gotcha. deal so looking forward to that and then yeah we'll probably do some finger foods nothing crazy i mean it's a fun thing to do when and I, I know you th- i think you made fun of me because i said this to you the other day that it's it's late on a sunday and it's like <laughs> we can't we can't have friends over it's like my my point is something i realized lately is that i live in a world that nobody else is uh not nobody else but but plenty of people also don't don't live in where you know you have young kids and you can't do all the things you want to do such as like new year's eve mm. so we had friends of ours who we celebrated new year's eve with like in a different country so we could have the kids together and say that we celebrated new year for like whatever you know six hours ahead of time so we could get the kids down at a normal time we're doing the same thing here where um you know we're not having anybody over obviously because it's just right it meshes right into bedtime and lately our son's been getting up at 4 30 our youngest so um you know 4 30 is not the time that you want to be awake and moving around wow. without a job he's on, he's on that rise and grind lifestyle clearly he's, he's up grinding and, and working let me tell you yeah he, he's grinding so uh we're hoping for a little longer sleep from him but um yeah, so we're not having like a party or anything. Are you having people over for this thing? Uh probably not. No, I don't. I I think if the game, if the Lions had made it, I think there was there was talk of some folks that would have been interested in doing a thing, and then it would have been like a game to really watch. But this is this is really, I mean, to be honest, more going to be in the background. I I don't. I I will watch the game, but I will not be dialed in the way that I am for the Browns or other teams that I kind of care about. You know, it's been so long. It doesn't feel like it, but it, but it has been so long since these two got together the first time. Yeah. And I was watching the game and it was kind of on in the background today at the house and it was 20 to 10 with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. I just, mm-hmm. I guess I forget it being that far tilted for San Francisco, you yeah. know? So like they, the chiefs hit that huge third down pass, which is like, it was called the route was called a wasp route is what the chiefs called it. They hit it to, it was like a huge downfield post corner, way bigger deeper downfield Mahomes had to like drift back 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 and then and then eventually found Tyreek Hill's very popular film breakdown at the time and like man I had kind of forgot how all of that came together and I forgot that Garoppolo like missed that deep post early mm-hmm. in that final drive that could have hit it that could have won that game so at the minimum of this game like you said it's a background noise thing I mean I'm hoping I can watch it but but the chaos of the house you never know I just hope it's a close one because if it's yeah if it's like a chief's route or something and you got to cut away to every single press box scene you can have, just to have something to talk about. That's not very fun, but I actually do think it's going to be a really good game. We have some bets picked out that are hopefully fun for you guys to maybe laugh at us or track with us. But we picked four things that I think are something that you, when the moment hits, you can at least, um, you know, think about uh, Jake and Andrew had this little uh, bet to talk about, or take these too, if you want, if that's your sort of thing, your prerogative. So, National Anthem sung by who again? Reba McIntyre? That's right, Reba. I feel like the over-under at 90 seconds is low. I feel yeah. like I'm going to take the over on that. Do you agree or disagree? I do. It opened lower than that. It opened at 86 seconds, and has uh, the line has been climbing. And so now it's juiced a little bit the other way so that, that you got to pay a little bit to get under the 90. So I- interesting stuff there. The line has moved. I trust her to really drag that out. 
Me too. A little spotlight action. I know last year they did the Gronkowski kick. Is FanDuel or one of these sports books doing something silly like that? I think he's just doing that again. Oh, they're replicating it. Yeah. He was so bad. Maybe mm-hmm. he spent a year working on it. I think that's been their pitch is that it's some sort of a redemption tour for him. Mm, okay. Which right. I couldn't, I literally could not care less. It's not possible. I can't, I can't pick that. Why would you pick that? Like, that's not even, I don't find Rob Gronkowski very funny. I think so. A lot of people are into the bit. I'm not, yeah, it's, not, it's I, never been my thing. I have questions about who's into that for sure. <laughs> I mean, he keeps getting roles. So no, you're right. Networks are into it. Right. So, um, yeah. Did you see the photo of him standing next to Brock Bowers, by the way? Been, no, I did not. I'll have to send this to you if you yeah, guys are I can out Google there. That quick. Yeah, he's standing next to him at like um, some event here at Super Bowl Radio, you know, Radio Row. And he's wearing like Brock Bowers is wearing an auto trader shirt. And he looks so small and just ordinary next to Gronkowski. I'm like that. There's no way that's Brock Bowers. But it it is the really, <laughs> really damn good tied in from Georgia, it kind of is going to be like some people said, this is the the uh, tweet or photo that launches a thousand draft stock tweets because he just doesn't, he looks extremely ordinary. Did you find yeah, it? Yeah, I am looking at it right now and he looks like a tech guy. He That's looks like, what I thought. He yeah, looks he, that, he like, looks he, like he runs a company that, buys your car from you or so i mean i guess that's the auto trader thing rubbing off on me but yeah that's part of it is i think the angle it is it is there's a little bit of a depth of field thing happening but yeah i don't know i mean i my impression of him was always that he was more athletic than strong and i think it's one of those things that happens often with athletic tight ends in in college when they get to the nfl they're a little overwhelmed physically at first because you're not beating up on guys that are 50 pounds lighter than you as often as you are when when even in the sec you're still getting those mismatches so i i yeah it's it's interesting i it'll be i i one of the things i'm really excited about is is seeing some of these guys test because there's so many what i think of as really athletic players at the top of this draft where you talk about marvin harrison jr you talk about brock bowers malik neighbors uh even a lot of the quarterbacks like it'll be a really fun combine year i'm just thinking about that now it, it absolutely will, and I think largely because, as we've mentioned a little bit, it's a historic wide receiver class in terms of talent. Bowers yeah. is one of the more excitable tight end prospects that we've had in a while. I mean, mm-hmm. similar to like Kyle Pitts. I, he was sure so Hawkinson. much fun to watch. Oh, God, yeah, he was George awesome. Was so much fun. And just, it, it was to me, it was more about his tenacity, his, his mental side, than it was necessarily how dominant he was physically because it seemed like he really wants to. He made some incredible catches. He's very fast, fast very tough to tackle. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about him as a prospect. I, I, I won't let this picture shake my confidence too much. Gronk's a huge human. You got to keep that in mind. You That's know, true. A, yeah, he's sixth, he's a sixth offensive tackle. Essentially right there, and then he's wearing pants and a long, like a billowing shirt. So he's his frame was a little bit hidden. So yeah, it's yeah. it's more than anything a very unflattering picture of both of them, frankly. Yeah, it is. I, I think the thing that it also reminded me of is you don't know what these guys look like if you don't follow georgia closely you don't see brock bowers without his helmet on like I, yeah i truly don't know, not know what he looked like you don't know what these guys look like yeah. even at times these ohio state guys who are local I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be like oh i didn't know he looked like that or that's how I, he spoke or whatever whatever so yeah, yeah i think the only the only college prospect right now that i would recognize on the street is caleb williams you would you don't recognize marvin harrison i i don't watch ohio state as much as you do yeah, I mean, okay. I, I think I would be like, that guy probably plays football just because of his build, but yeah. I don't know what he looks like. 
Okay. Well, there you go. So I think it proves my theory. It is um, just, and a lot of times these are, you know, the media stuff isn't as obligation driven and, uh, and all of that stuff. So uh, I would just, I just had no clue. I mean, I had a general idea of what Brock Bowers looked like, but I, I couldn't have been more wrong about that. But anyway, moving on MVP, who do you have for this? We're not going to really go over the odds, just going to pick who we think wins the MVP. Well, it'll, this will kind of tip who I think is going to win. I'm taking McCaffrey for MVP. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I have two and I, I think the 49ers <laughs> are going to win as well. We didn't right. talk about this ahead right. of time. No, we didn't. I, I just think that it's like how they're going to score is going to like, he's going to have like a two touchdown game and maybe 60 receiving yards or something like that. And I find myself leaning heavily San Francisco. I don't know what the line is, but I think I just want San Francisco to win this game more for you know, personal reasons, really. It's nothing against, like, I'm an anti, I'm tired of the Chiefs person or anything like that. The Chiefs are fine. You know, it's funny, like, my wife isn't thrilled, doesn't enjoy the Brittany Mahomes very much. So, like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes will be talking on Radio Row and she'll, like, roll her eye. I'm like, there, there's nothing to dislike about Patrick Mahomes. The guy does every single thing right. Like, well, it's, uh, well, go ahead. You, 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 you don't, not a I fan, watched that. Huh? I watched that quarterback show last year and I, I, I feel like I know who Patrick Mahomes is as a, as a person. And I don't think that he's unlikable as a football player, but I think personality wise, like there's, there's a lot of guys ahead of the, ahead of him on the list of guys I'd want to go have a beer with. Yeah. Maybe not fun. I'm, I guess, um, I, I think you're, you're right. I'm not arguing that per se more just like, like what is, what is there to dislike about him is well, kind of what I, I'm saying. He hasn't really done anything wrong. He's never, he, he's always saying the right things. Right. The only thing I would say is that my suspicion is if he experienced more adversity, <laughs> he would not handle it well because that's the, the yeah. few times things aren't going well for them. He really pitches a fit. Like he's gotten after officials a bunch. He has gotten after his teammates a bunch that happens. I mean, Tom Brady did the same thing. I don't, yeah, the guys I, that aren't used to not yeah, succeeding. So. Yeah, and so I, I find that particular quality of being a little bit pouty uh, when things aren't going your way, I don't find that particularly endearing. I, I like guys that that kind of try and bring people together in adversity. He tends to – I feel like he's he definitely points fingers from time to time. I will, uh, I will say I would like him to get better at that because that means the Chiefs aren't succeeding as much as they are, and that in the AFC would be really nice to see, right? Yeah. Let's put it that way. Sure. So if he gets we better, thought this was the year, means, and here they are in the Super Bowl. Here they are. This is an example of just keeping the window open when you have a great quarterback, right? So, uh, yeah, we're both saying CMC and the 49ers. Again, uh, the line is – is it one and a half? The Chiefs are getting – a lot. 49ers are I'm laying one two. and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would take the 49ers and the points in this one, even though – You'd, you'd you know, lay the two. Some, I think there's some smart people. Yeah, that's what I meant. The, there's some smart people that are sharp betters, as they say, that are all in on the uh, on the Chiefs here in this one. So, again, take that for what it's worth when you're out there gambling. Mm-hmm. But Andrew and Eileen, 49ers, halftime songs from Usher. All right, it's eight and a half. I feel like Usher has a catalog long enough to go more than eight and a half songs. Here's why I think it's the over. He just released a new album. I think he's going to try to sneak in a new song from that new album. He's got Alicia Keys joining him, which locks in a couple songs. And then there's some buzz that he try is trying to get Justin Bieber to tag along and do something too. So like, I just feel like nine, 10 songs is probably the sweet spot. Is so. there any world where Taylor Swift comes down from the press box and does a little something? I don't think that's going to happen okay. I, considering she was like, wasn't she just in Japan and doing yeah, a show? Sure. And um, 
I mean, is there a world? Sure. I would just, not yeah, come up and strum a guitar a little bit. Just a little. Yeah. You know, little, I, I don't know that I would do a little foggy mountain breakdown quick. You know, maybe she can do it live from the press box. In I her would, own, yeah. In her throw own to the suite. And it's yeah. her and Jason Kelly doing like a do du- du- Jason Kelsey rather doing a duet or something. Yeah. There you go. Maybe. I mean, as far as the scale of what Kelsey's done recently at, at games, it is, uh, you know, within the realm of possibility there. The last one we thought was interesting was this fastest recorded ball carrier. So you get to pick the player you think will run the fastest at any given moment based on next-gen stats, player tracking data. I just think this is a really fun one. Obviously, they think McCaffrey and Debo are the fastest players on the field. They have them at the top. But also, you have to get into open space. So... I think I'm leaning with a guy a little bit down, not down very far, but just a little bit. I'm going to go Brandon Ayuk. I like that. I like that. I think if I'm a betting man, I'm taking McCaffrey because I think there's a decent chance that he breaks one. The Chiefs run defense has been suspect. If I was going off the board, they didn't have a full list, but if I was going off the board for like longer odds, Trent McDuffie makes a ton of sense to me because mm. defensive players often will really hit a different gear if they're trying to score. So... I'm thinking Trent McDuffie undercuts one, and then as he's taking it to the house, hits like 21, something like that. Yeah, the the fun thing is like always every year, I should have mentioned this before before we started, but doing like a long shot MVP winner just because you can get like crazy odds at some places. Um, do you have anybody that comes to mind as like long shot out of nowhere MVP winner? I don't know if you do. It's kind I of think this is top. a tough year for it just because the players on these teams are so well defined and their their roles are so prominent like I, I think it would be very hard for the 49ers to win this game without McCaffrey putting up an MVP level performance but on the 49ers off the off the board I would say like Kyle Juszczyk would probably be if he somehow caught two touchdown passes and I don't know maybe had some sort of clinching run late or like four catches something that kind of caught people's eye but it's hard for me to imagine that eclipsing what McCaffrey or, or Purdy would do. And then on the Chiefs side, it would just have to be like, it would almost have to be like an off the list wide receiver having like a big game, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if this is super far down the list, but Valdez Scantling uh, catching two touchdowns. Rel- yeah, it'd be relatively far. Yeah, that would probably be one. And then, I mean, maybe Chris Jones, if he had like three sacks and a forced fumble, maybe defensive touchdown something like that would be probably worth a but then you're like other than that you're picking like corners if there's a one corner that returned one for a touchdown or something you know i was looking at the latest super bowl mvp list and mostly names you know you know even defense von miller won it in 16 the most random one 2014 seattle seahawks you know who that was uh you should uh... <laughs> you'll be you'll be mad if you don't get it Oh, okay. Um, uh, that was not, uh, weirdly not helping me. Earl Thomas? No. Connected to the Browns help you? Oh, uh, Joe Flacco? No, Seahawks. Oh, Seahawks. Okay. Uh, yeah. Nick Chubb. The year after Joe Flacco, Malcolm Smith. Oh, sure. That's right. Yeah, because he had a pick six in that one, he I believe. Sure yeah. Most that's the yeah I I knew that and then forgot it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. see I knew you'd be mad if you mm, I am get fur- it. I'm furious inconsolable yeah. yeah see 
Sharpen your brain late at night. Yeah. Uh, Dion yeah. Ranch won at 05. That's a little bit random, but he was mm-hmm. a good player for them back then. It's like one Dex- every 10 years gets weird. Yeah. Dexter Jackson, the safety for the Bucks in 03 is probably because then you're, I mean, like before that, it was maybe Desmond Howard. Yeah. And then uh, Larry, Larry Brown, the corner in 1996. But other than he's like Terrell Davis, John Elway, Kurt Warner, Ray Lewis. So it's just it's like. Often quite predictable. Often quite predictable. Maybe we're up, though. You said uh, it's every 10 years. It's 2024. Malcolm Smith won it in 2014. So maybe mm-hmm. you could uh, see a really random uh, Legereus Sneed. Yep. Something like that where they, they have two picks. One of them returns for a touchdown, and it's the, the game's like 13 to 10, and none mm-hmm. of the offensive players play well at all. Yeah, they're actually um, on, on FanDuel is a pretty short list of MVP winners. They're trying to keep that. But you could get Debo at like plus twenty five hundred. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good number. I, to me, that's worth a poke because I think there's a there's definitely a world in which he scores two touchdowns. Will the Super Bowl MVP be on the losing team? Nah, get out of here. Yeah, I I think it's kind of crazy. I feel like the odds should be longer than just plus thirty nine hundred to say yes. Like you can you can make. I mean, does that ever happen? When's the last? Does that ever happen? That's a trivia question. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know I'm the sure answer. I'm sure it has. In the NBA, Otherwise. Jerry West, right, was the only one. So, I don't know. Never heard of it in the NFL, but I'm sure somebody out there knows. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We got Chuck all your Cowley Super Bowl. In what year? Super Bowl five. Okay, so we're going to say that if you want to make free money, you can go ahead and put, you know, a yes answer, right? If you want to put your savings, put $80,000 on it. The no, right? Put it on no. Right. You're gonna get you're gonna get some money back. I'm actually stunned they're letting people say no to this. It feels like free money, but it also feels like the type of thing that you would regret putting money on. You just right. have to put up eight hundred thousand dollars to win four thousand. So you know, well, it's like there were the there were people preseason talking about how it was free money to bet on Demar Hamlin as comeback player of the year. Indeed, and now here, look at us now. Joe Flacco's got that award on the shelf. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and do our position reviews for tight ends. So stick around if you want to hear that. If you're not sticking around for that, have a great Super Bowl. You know, have a fantastic Super Bowl. If you are sticking around, we'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats. Like I said, before you buy them, you buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they're sent directly to your phone. All right. So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that game time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets, create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk about tight ends. The Browns really, for the first time, only leaned into three of them in Kevin's tenure usually a four tight end team, but really only leaned into three. So we're going to talk about David and Joku. We're going to talk about Harrison Bryant. Then we're going to talk about Jordan Akins. So let's, uh, let's lead off with group grade. I think Andrew, if you want to give your feel for that, I think it's, um, you know, I, th- I think it should be pretty good off, off the cup, but what do you think? Yeah, it, I think it has to be pretty good. Uh, David Njoku was a pro bowl player who I think, I think a lot of us that have been watching his career closely felt like last year was his breakout season, but he he even took another step beyond what he did last year and became, I think the reliability increased. There was that one little swoon in the middle of the season where he was, he had a drops issue for, I think it was like two games. He did. But for the most part, he was super reliable. The leadership stuff, which is not totally captured by stats has been really cool to see. And I think, one of the interesting parts of it was there were so many cool things about Joe Flacco coming in, an, an experienced quarterback. I, I, I think something we didn't talk about enough is that the Browns have not, in recent years, had a lot of experience with guys that have had as much experience as Joe Flacco has. Like 
20 years ago or 15 years ago, they had Jeff Garcia for a while and guys that had been around a bunch, Josh McCown, but that's been, you know, that was seven years ago. Now I think that McCown was on the team. So in recent years, it's been mostly younger players at quarterback. And anyway, my point is, is that sometimes these veteran guys just see it kind of clearly. And it's like, well, he seems faster and bigger than everybody else on the field. So I'm just going to throw him the ball when he's on the move and then watch what happens. That was Flacco's entire insight about David Njoku, but it really seemed to unlock a different level for him because Mm -hmm. a lot of those underneath routes where he's crossing the field or swinging out on one side, it, it really just paid to get him the ball in space. And he made the most of those in a way that he hadn't previously beyond Njoku. I, I was disappointed. Um, I didn't feel like Harrison Bryant. He's, he's, you know, he's versatile. He's, he's a quarterback sneak guy and, and can catch a ball and blocks well and, and tries hard, but feels limited. And I felt like they didn't do a good enough job of getting the ball in Jordan Aiken's hands in situations that would benefit him. Red zone, uh, down the middle of the field really felt like he was very limited in his usage. So, I think it's an A-plus season from David Njoku. I don't know what more you would want him to do, honestly, mm-hmm. other than the drops thing a little bit. But that's, I think, to me, offset by some of those amazing catches that he made uh, at other points in the year. So it's an A-plus season for me from him, and then I would say the rest of the room is kind of a C because I don't think they were bad at what they were asked to do. But I think I was expecting a little bit more from the Aiken signing, and I think Harrison Bryant does sometimes leave yardage on the field just because he's – so limited. Yeah, David getting 131 targets meant like these other guys just weren't getting chances, right? Like it's always kind of funny too. You look at two of the pick sixes that happened this year were balls thrown in Harrison's direction. Not that you can really blame him, but just something ironic that happens there. But well, yeah, it was a it was a down year for those guys. I mean, this is the worst statistical season for both Harrison and Jordan Akins. I mean, you're talking about <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of weird. There's a player in major league baseball who hit the same batting average like four years in a row. And now that I say it, his name has escaped me, but it was just weird consistency for Bryant's first three years. He was at 238 yards, 233, 239. Like that is really strange to have three straight seasons of similar yardage like that. He went down in total catches to 17, which is his lowest since 21, his second year and had 146 yards. So you know, not strong. And then you're talking about Aikens coming off your last year where he caught 37 of 49 targets for Houston mm-hmm. for 495 and five touchdowns. And this year only targeted 21 times, catches 15 of them, but only 132 yards. So you're talking about elite production from David, an elite opportunity too. And the other guys suffered, you know? So I guess the question would be like, do you prefer some of those targets that are going to David peeled and given to the other guys? You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think so, but I think it's um, something to consider when we can like talk about what Kevin's offense is for multiple tight ends versus kind of just one tight end. It seems like they're going to favor if they're replacing Harrison Bryant, who's like this guy on the radar of other teams, especially maybe New England is a familiar face. Then you're talking about needing to draft a guy who can do some different stuff here, not just be a traditional tight end, right? Yeah, it's a good point. I think that there's going to need to be, a, I think there needs to be an infusion of athleticism at the backup tight end spot. They need yeah. to find a young guy that they can kind of develop 
not as a successor to Najoku, but somebody that can give teams a different look and maybe get after teams a little bit on those sorts of situations where it's like he's the fifth option in a in a pass play, but he's all alone. And then once he catches the ball, he can do more than just kind of fall down or walk out of bounds. Like, I think obviously tight ends are going to have uh, lower yards per catch numbers because they run a lot of underneath stuff, whatever. But I think it's notable that David was up over almost near 11 yards per catch. Aikens was at just under nine. And then Bryant is at like six. And so it's like, you know, Kareem Hunt was at five and a half. That I think sometimes with these secondary options, you just want to see a little bit more oomph so that if they do get the few chances they do get, they make the most out of them. Like Pierre Strong didn't have a ton of catches, but he had five receptions and 47 yards. So it's 9.4 yards a carry, so or a, a catch. So it's it's like just a little bit more explosiveness when they do get those opportunities. So I think drafting a player with a little bit more athletic upside to be that tight end three would, would make sense. The, just quickly, the the guy you're thinking of is Chris Davis. Uh, hit 247 four years yeah. in a row. I, I that's not off the dome. I looked that up, but but I, I do remember yeah, I, Chris with a K K H. Yeah, that's right. K H R I S Davis. Yep. Yeah, two forty seven. Then years. he like did he get close or did he just do something completely different to break it? I can't remember. But I, I it was so weirdly ironic that that happened. Yeah, I don't have what happened after that. <laughs> I, just, the only right. part that I didn't know I if you're looking at like the, his his baseball reference page. I, well, now I am because I want now I want to know the answer to your further question. So we'll we'll come back to it again. All right, right on. Um, okay, so I mean, I would give them a B plus collectively. Would you collectively grade yeah, lower? Than I think that? that no, I think that's right. I think A minus B plus because like you're you're totally right that. Najoku ate all the targets. So that's what matter him being good is what matters the most about this room. Yeah, I think you and I would have an issue with like that going any other direction. Like why is Harrison Bryant getting 50 targets and David's getting 90 or 100? No, totally. I the only thing I would say is I thought Akins would get more of the Me secondary too. targets and then Bryant would get almost nothing. I thought the third tight end would kind of as they move to a more 11 heavy world you shouldn't need to get your third tight end a bunch of targets. It's not that it was a bunch, but I, that's the part that surprised me that he got up into the 20s. I think the thing that is a little annoying to me, now the offense is going to maybe change, evolve, and some of these roles might shift, but they have clearly wanted to have a, a, a gadget motion slot, and they've clearly wanted to have like a Kyle Juszczyk type. And I'm not saying you can find Kyles anywhere, but I am saying like they've never put effort into finding that guy. They're asking Harrison Bryant to do that. And it's like, you guys have got to be able to find somebody on the more athletic spectrum here that can do yeah. this stuff for you. So right. I just feel like those are two roles that based on the usage and kind of like applying players like Nick Harris and so on and so forth to doing it. Like, why don't you in, like try to find one of these guys or take a shot on somebody like this in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, you have a bunch of picks this year. So I think that when we do these mock drafts, something I've thought of early is like, I'm going to keep an eye on these types of hybrid players because they should be the offense they've been running is looking for them. That's why like a, like a Roman Wilson type player from Michigan. And these, these guys who can maybe, Hey, he's a pretty damn good receiver can play slot and stuff, but he can do some of those other things a bit more naturally than trying to force a, and Elijah Moore type into that, or, you know, I know they took a swing on Jakeem Grant, but that hasn't quite clearly planned, like panned out, but nonetheless, just a little bit of a mystifying thing there. 
There's also the, the tantalizing possibility that because they're rebuilding their offense, uh, they'll just get rid of it. That would be lovely. <laughs> Unless you can use it effectively. I'm all about it. If like That's the thing about the Rams know who they are, and they're like, we like Puka Nakua because he can do this as a baseline, and then we can continue to teach him the other stuff. And then you have two guys between Cooper Cup and Puka who can go in motion and block anybody and take a jet sweep and move and, and change direction. Like that's the thing I'm fine with you having the roles, but like, let's draft for those roles is kind of my thing. Totally. Those are players you can find later. Right. Sort of. The and they haven't, types. they haven't tried to fill those roles through the draft. They have no. filled those roles through free agency, Jojo Natson, then Jakeem Grant, then Elijah Moore. It's been veteran players that they've kind of square peg into a round hole again and again. Instead of finding, like you said, finding a guy that's a very niche player that doesn't have a ton of value but does fulfill one specific role. I was on Connor Hayward for that role. Me too. I don't think – it was two years ago now. I can't remember which class he was in. He's been three. He's been yeah. around Pittsburgh for a little bit, but two at the minimum. Right, and he was a seventh-round pick by the Steelers. And he's, it's, he's never going to be a glory guy, but he's going to be a special teams guy. And he's going to be able to do that third tight end plus fullback – glue guy on offense stuff that you just need sometimes. And there are guys like that in the draft every year. You're absolutely right. And this is the year, Jake, because they've got all those late round picks that if they wanted to find some real specialized roles that they could, but I, I do, I do think that some of this maybe changes with the offensive changes. That's maybe my, my hope at least. Yeah. Yeah. It can, it can change. I'm fine with the changing, you know, because you can't keep continuing to try to do it if you don't have the personnel. I mean, at least that's what I would think, but could be a different uh, different path over that way. But let's uh, who stays and who goes. I think this one is is, is fairly obvious. Um, I don't really know that there's a path back for Harrison Bryant if they try to get cheap here. Like there could be, but it doesn't feel like to me he will stay. So I I know Akins has one more year on his deal, and then um, you know they've had. The only other one that I can think of that's a usual practice squad figure is Zaire Mitchell Payton, but he feels just like a scout team, really, uh, you know, core part of the locker room. They like him. There, you don't stick around that long without being liked. So I don't think that there's a practice squad upgrade, not upgrade, but even acquisition happening there. So you're talking about a cheap free agent to replace Harrison Bryan if you can find it, or uh, you're drafting a guy late, right? So that's my my hunch is just it's just Bryant gone. Uh, yeah, I agree with that for the most part. I do think there's a, an outside chance that they just move on from Jordan Akins because they didn't like what they got. They can save $2 million on the cap. And I, I, I think th- this is all tied in so much to how they want to approach the offense and the scheme changes that they have. He's, he is 31. He will play 24 at 32. So it's not inconceivable that they are just not interested in keeping him around anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I, I could see that just because $2 million against the cap for a player that you use that sparingly is not nothing. So they, they, they spent <laughs> between Bryant and Akins, they spent a fair amount of money on them. I think that's the part more than anything that's frustrating. It's like what they got from those two guys, you could get from minimum vet minimum players, but yeah. between the two of them, they were eating up like $4 million of cap space. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. The hope would be that, you know, if the stuff was staying the same, I wouldn't want Aikens. But if you're going to start making that a, maybe a bigger part of your passing game role, 
getting him into some more Good point. body type situation. Maybe there's a need to keep him, but to your point, he's not a lock. I, I would not consider him a lock no. to be on the roster next year. Uh, I would probably keep him, but I would also like to draft a guy who I like, not a guy who's a throwaway in the 200s, maybe a guy sort of in the one one fifty range or something like that. So anyway, um, path to improvement. I think it's pretty simple, Andrew. I think they need to uh, find a third guy who's a who's a more athletic, younger version of Harrison Bryant. I mean, Bryant had obviously a really nice career at at uh, FAU, but like uh, you're not trying to take away from that in terms of you know he's a Mackey Award winner and all that stuff. So it's not like he, this, this guy was unproductive, right? You know, wherever he was, it's just that the athlete wasn't great. And I think that there have been in recent years some tight ends late. I think with like Zach Coons types, mm-hmm. who I would prefer to try to take a swing on a really athletic version and see if there's something there. So that's my path to improvement. I don't think free agency is going to provide some kind of upgrade, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm looking through the free agents right now. It's not a not a class of free agents that I have looked at much at all. Really, nothing there. Unless you wanted to take a flyer on like a Noah Fant type, yeah, as a second tight end, but that probably is even going to be pricier than some team is probably going to try and make him as their starting tight end. So I, I doubt that you'd be in his market. I, I, it's a very, yeah, it's a very underwhelming free agent class. The only other name that I'll just throw out there is Colby Parkinson, as a name that I've liked in in Seattle for years. Mm-hmm. I think he can do a few things, but. That would be like a straight up replacement for Harrison Bryant. I, I I agree with you. I think like a fourth round, fifth round guy that can really move as a as a third tight end is is an, on my wish list for sure. Something that we'll have to start building into mock drafts as we go. Yeah, Parkinson, a guy maybe is a heavy blocking feature of what they did in Seattle. Could be a guy yeah. that Dickerson pounds the table for, right? Yeah. So. Parkinson Dickerson. There you go. And then, you know, we can talk with him about, hey, man, what what didn't you see in Ethan Posich? What happened there, huh? You want to talk? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, that, that's about it. You know, again, the Browns are in a good spot. With David, they're in a good spot at the position for a while here. The contract works. You know, it was funny back when he signed that contract and people were mocking it because of what had happened in the past. And the Browns mm-hmm. had hoped that he could produce more in the future given the role growth and that has worked out quite fine so maybe we should go find those tweets and retweet them and say ha ha in your face it's yeah a good, no? good thing to do on a saturday evening that's what yeah because i'm gonna stay up late doing that i think you should probably cool out on twitter a little bit though <laughs> they, you know i just general piece of advice the watt brothers uh the group is coming after you man i can't get enough it's so good they're giving it's you so plenty good i i love every bit of it i have really enjoyed this is the most I've enjoyed being on Twitter in a few years because I, and, and honestly, like it's, that's a testament too, because it's been really, really gross too. Like the, the number of racist things that Pittsburgh Steelers fans have said about Miles Garrett and other black pass rushers has mm-hmm. been appalling. Like it's yeah. not one or two guys. It's a commonly held belief amongst their very scummy fan base or the portion of their fan base that is scummy that if this happened for diversity reasons and it's that and they believe it like wholeheartedly yeah Yeah. so really some very i I, and i know that not every browns fan in the world is an angel 
but there are a lot of people right now putting on their clown shoes and their makeup and walking or picking up their phone and, and going to work every day. And it's, they're embarrassing themselves and it's shameful, frankly. The, fu- the funny thing too, is like, you know, JJ Watts argument uh, a few years back about Aaron Donald. Yeah. Right. Seeing that repeat itself him just mm-hmm. kind of crying. These guys have been, they've been doing this. Yes. That was really revealing to me that, that Watt was upset the last time his brother didn't win. It's, it's not a good look. And, and I think, you know, that the comparison that he tweeted out in 21 had interceptions on it as if Aaron Donald is supposed to be racking up intersection interceptions when he's playing over the center a lot of the time. So it, it there's, the argument has very little merit. It is dicing with some very uh, dubious elements of fandom in, in, consistently going down this road mm-hmm. and i again the thing that is the most appalling is you've already got two of them brother just yep. just be done just take a the laugh thing, the thing is though is that the bit like the biggest voices in social media for those fans yeah you're are right. doing dirty work too so they think it's okay that's you're absolutely right you're absolutely that, right. that's the thing that has been like you guys who write for these major outlets you're going there like you're going there too okay that's why the like the nest around the organization in pittsburgh is one of the most unique and and i'm not listen i'm not gonna i'm sure there's some things like dallas is these big time organizations that have these you know people in the building that cover their team who only paint everything in the in the most beautiful light possible so it's i can't sit here and be like this is isolated to pittsburgh but when the leaders of your voice, radio, and content are saying these things, then it's like, why wouldn't they believe it? They, yeah, they're, 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 right. the, the sheep are following the, the leader here, yeah. right? So, you know, right, it's, it's it absolutely does come from the top, and that's again, that's why I think JJ and TJ should think a little bit more about the sort of stuff that they put out there because it is feeding a very specific and negative type of of. Uh, energy and intention and and it's it's been uh revealing i i uh didn't realize i i for the most part really stay in my lane and try not to get in it with other fans of other teams because it doesn't ever seem beneficial but uh i made a one-time exception and i've learned a lot and i also find it funny as we will close on this but they uh pretty consistently when coming at you about things will mention that you support this type of quarterback and it's like, what, what, what do you think? Who, who, who has taken snaps for Pittsburgh for twenty years? There, yeah. guys. Yep. And they have just lost all context of that, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, good stuff. NFL fandom in a really healthy place, folks. Really healthy place. So, we'll end on that. Enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. I hope the finger foodies and the pigs in a blanket or your buffalo chicken dip, or your wings, or your meatballs, or whatever you get into on this Super Bowl Sunday is uh, everything you dreamed of, because the negative part of this is after this game, we are in the desert for a long time, joined in arms until football comes back. Enjoy this one night. Hopefully the 49ers get it done. Got some money riding on it. Keep our fingers crossed. You guys have a fantastic Super Bowl Sunday from Andrew and I. Thanks for stopping by listening to the podcast. Rate and review it if you can. 
And as always, be well. Go Browns.